Good morning. To greet you in Jesus' name this morning. Enjoy the Sunday school lesson. Turn in your Bibles to Proverbs 19, verse 21. This week I received this verse as my daily verse. And this is what prompted my thoughts here this morning. Proverbs 19, verse 21. There are many devices in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the counsel of the Lord that shall stand. So as I looked at that verse and was thinking about it, but the way that King James reads, I felt like there's... There's many different ways you could go with this verse. So I looked at the NIV, and this is how the NIV reads, Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. I guess I think of devices as something more like something that has a hold of you, that controls you, that um, drives you. And in a way, maybe the NIV is right. Maybe plans do get a hold of us, do drive us. That's kind of the, I don't really have a title for my sermon here this morning, so you're going to have to make your own title. But my thoughts are around plans. We like to make plans. Right? Right? Got a few heads nodding. I do. I like to have a general idea of what I'm going to do. Yesterday I had plans to make the day a little easier for myself, so we kept things moving at home. Cows are milk and robot was working great. What do you know? On the way to church this morning, I'm getting calls. Frustrating. Just a little bit, five minutes ago, I was on the phone with Malia, helping her to do things that she has never done before, hitting reset buttons. And just before I got up here, sent send me a text saying, it's working. I'm hoping it keeps working. If not, we're going to have to keep this bail tight. We make plans. We like to know what's going to happen next week. Maybe we got an upcoming vacation. What does the Bible say about planning? If we're not careful about what we're talking about here this morning, I might get you sidetracked and you might start thinking and planning and I'll lose you. So stick with me. Don't worry about what's for dinner. Don't worry about what you're going to do this afternoon or next week. But plan, planning is important. Some people put careful planning into their education, which I believe is good. Planning goes into marriage. 
dating, relationships, weddings, very important. Organizing something, an event like that, takes a lot of planning. Even careers, children that are barely adults yet, planning their life trajectory, their career. And you know, for some people, their plans go as perfect, just like they plan. There's no hiccups, there's no glitches, there's no setbacks, there's no... Uh, derailments, everything goes as planned. But there are some that do not have that same outcome. It's not perfect. Their plans change. What about the girl who lost her husband to a gunshot wound on Thanksgiving Day? She was pregnant with their first little boy. Their plans changed. Just this past week, there was a man that died of stomach cancer. He was in his 40s, only married four or five, six years. They had a little boy. Their plans changed. Our plans change. Why? I'll be honest with you. The one that gets me is the ones that I see pictures of couples that are married 60, 65, 70 years. That reality is never going to be real for me. But if you have a partner sitting beside you, counting a blessing, that you're still counting. And that's not the end. This proverb here has an extraordinary mix of truth with potential for both upset and comfort. It's the kind of teaching that is so obvious. It explains the realities of life, yet it sometimes is so difficult to accept. But human, human planning is a smart thing to do. Planning is thinking. Obviously, it's good to think. God gave us that ability to use our mind, our brain, to think. IBM had adopted think as its corporal model. Obviously, this was their strategy. Whether it was on a corporate level or it was on an individual level, the word think to them was important because to them, if the individuals weren't thinking, then they weren't being productive. So it's profitable to think. Not someone that's going to ride along just for the kicks and giggles and and get the ride of their life, but somebody has to put a little work into it. God thinks. What does God think? Well, Jeremiah 29.11, very familiar verse. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you. This is God. God's thoughts toward you, saith the Lord, 
And what are his thoughts? <clears throat> thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. God's plans. Bible is filled with God's plans. Biblical prophecy. A third of the Bible is spelled out how God is going to take care of His people, His children. How it's going to end. Since we were created in God's image, it is most important and appropriate that we think and we plan. And we come up with some great ideas. And maybe sometimes we come up with some ideas that we wonder about too. What plans do you have this next week? Gary, I understand that you're heading east this week, right? That's big. I have plans this week that I'm just going to go about my normal day work. And I hope there's nothing too exciting that happens. I hope it's boring. So I was thinking about that. I remember sitting in the hospital with Christy on different occasions and staff would come in and they would periodically check and wonder how things are going and and we're just sitting there and nothing exciting, okay? And they're like, well, that's great. It's great when it's boring. I mean, there's nothing happening. Sometimes we do need a little excitement, but in the realm of the medical world, I think excitement is a different, a different word. They like boring too. School is just around the corner. We were just talking about that last night. I know it's a month away, but it's just around the corner. School teachers, you have a lot of planning to do. There's a lot that goes into your everyday planning. I am convinced of that. You have to chart the course. I say entertain the children, but not necessarily. But you need to keep their their enthusiasm in check. I remember there being somewhat of a a not satisfaction, but a something that's constant, something that gives you um, stability in everyday, ordinary things that don't change. And school can be that way sometimes. And I remember, and, and some people are different, but like, I, I, I like some change sometimes. And I remember having a day where, it was I think it was called a mix-up day or whatever. Maybe there's another word for it. But as I remember, we had our assignments or our, our slotted uh, times of the day sectioned out and on those on, they were written on the slips of paper and we all got to take a turn picking a slip of paper and whatever was on that slip of paper is what we did so if we had story time at the end of school and story time was the first thing picked well you had story time first thing in the day and we went through our day that way 
Was that planned? It was planned in a different way. Financial planning. We think about money, the future. We figure out how to get out of debt, how to get that last dollar, how to buy a house, how to prepare for retirement. What about spiritual planning? What about thinking about eternity and how to get ready for it? Spiritual planning ranges from salvation to the ongoing discipleship. I believe that's why we're here this morning. Looking at Hebrews. Excellent teaching on how to do it. How to learn how to do it. And how to keep it. Be smart. Be a planner. Don't be one of those ones that shoots from the hip. Hasty. Hasty people never think ahead too far. Although uh, I will say that I do sometimes, I'm amazed at sometimes how peoples that can operate and function and make things happen by making hasty decisions. And it seems to work out. Now if it would be me doing it, it might not, might not work that way. Use the smarts that God has given you. Think through what you do before you do it. Planning is smart, but not all plans are good. And I'll give you a case in point. There was a guy who was very bright, very capable, and a very good planner. He was invited into this house of two utterly single women, And they were the finest cooks you could ever find. They were the best housekeepers that you could ever find. And they provided him with a very delicious meal. Well, when dessert was served, he was too full. So he began to plan how he was going to dispose of his dessert. He didn't want to hurt their feelings. So in his planning, he decided the next two times that his hostess would leave to go to the kitchen, unknowing to him that the window was very clean and was shut. Was that good planning? The smart plan, but it didn't work out. There was some explaining that had to happen. To help make your plans good, you need to get wise counsel. Proverbs 15.22 tells us plans fail for the lack of counsel, but with many advisors, we were talking about that in Sunday school, the brotherhood, seeking counsel, seeking advice from other people. I couldn't help but think of a rope, a rope strong. Is it one thread? Would one thread be able to do it? No. But it's the threads that are bound in that cord. And then it's not only maybe one cord, but it can be maybe three cords or five cords. In all those threads pulling together, and they're bound together. In our Christian walk and life, that there's strength together. 
Sometimes it is hard to ask for advice. We think that we can figure this out on our on our own for ourselves. We imagine that um, there's some kind of strength in independence and weakness in independ- weakness in dependency. But the truth is, it's the other way around. There is strength in dependency, and there's weakness in independency, if I can say it. They are determined to find their own way. It is a foolish, and sometimes it can be tragic. Foolish because there are many wise advice and counsel that can help, that can help steer that plan that could be foolish. Goals are essential to our human life. We're goal-driven. Having something to aspire to, to work toward, gives us purpose, gives us motivation and reason to get up in the morning. Without goals, big or small, maybe we can lose and get stagnant and decline, losing maybe that sense of purpose and hope in life. Goals can be such simple as maybe just, I don't know, finishing a good book or good goals. For the Christian, do we have goals? Spend some minutes in God's Word. Is that a goal? Memorizing Scripture. Helping a brother. The list could go on. On the other hand, sometimes our goals can also become long-term. Maybe they're big. Maybe they're impossible. Starting a business. Making a significant, significant life change. Dreaming beyond what is comfortable, easy, or safe can inspire some of the history's greatest innovators and entrepreneurs. They took a risk, even despite maybe the hardship, the ridicule, maybe the potential to failure, um, um, maybe being too scared that we will fail. We can't give up. with the human examples with goals planning there's going to always be flaws never be perfect but God has given us the ultimate example and that is that we can learn from Jesus Christ God's followers throughout the scripture set their minds to the things of God, pursued both long-term and short-term goals in their life with that in mind. Paul is a good example. You know, he had uh, the worship with other believers. Different times in in his epistles and you're reading, he, he talks about how he would by being in prison or maybe some other obligation that he was doing. 
but Paul's long-term goal was that he wanted to. But you know, Paul even had a vision beyond that, and that was eternity. Philippians 3, in view of surpassing the value of knowing Jesus Christ, counts everything as rubbish that he may gain Christ. So, the immediate, short-term, and long-term goals were present throughout Paul's ministry. Christ was his center, and that needs to be our center as well, as we think of planning, making goals, dreaming. Are our goals, dreams, planning... Are they God-inspired? Are they God-honoring? Are they God-oriented? It's when those things, our passions, merge into God's plan and God's purpose that our dreams are in a wonderful place. Our goals are in a wonderful place. Our planning becomes a wonderful thing. I believe it's God's desire in our lives that as we have those goals, those dreams, those plans, that He can accomplish His will, His His goals, His desires, that He wants to work in His children. Understanding that relationship, that as we share that with God and His children, that we can that we can then step into that abundant life that God has for us and we can move forward with joy knowing that God will delight in our goals and dreams With man, there's the, the human part, the sinful part of man that can sometimes interfere or taint or, or cause a glitch to those plans. And we need to be careful with that because we're human. And man likes to have his way, likes to be selfish. And sometimes those priorities can get out of alignment. And we need to keep that in check as we make our goals, our plans. Is this what God wants for me? Will this better me in the long term? Will this better my fellow brother in the long term? 
or is what I'm going to do going to stumble or make someone fall? Sometimes we need to maybe recalibrate our plans, our passions. We need to go back to the Word of God. Just for example, the robot wasn't functioning this morning. Something was interfering with the communication between the cow and the robot, and it wouldn't milk the cow. The robot arm would go halfway and stop. That's as far as it would go. And there's a computer board that needs to be reset, recalibrated. And that's as simple as pushing a button. And pushing the button resets everything. Sometimes we need to go back to God's Word. Maybe it isn't going to be just as simple as pushing the button and resetting, but we need to reset. We need to recalibrate. There's things in there that are conflicting with the communication between the command A and command B. Maybe sometimes our plans and our goals aren't necessarily all wrong. Maybe we kind of put God's plans on the back burner. We sideline them. Thought of the example of the children when Israel, when they came back from captivity, they're in Babylon and Persia, and God had instructed them to rebuild the temple. You know, they came back with great enthusiasm. They were eager to get back to their country, and they started rebuilding. And was it a matter of, what, a year or two or whatever? They, they ran out of steam, and they... But what were they doing? They were building their houses. They were building their own houses. They got occupied with their things. It wasn't that they, that's all wrong, but they had neglected an important thing, and that was to continue to build uh, the temple of the Lord. Haggai. had to come along and help them. I assume that was the prophet Haggai. Um, come along and help them to realign, to get their priorities back to where they had were able to start building and working on the temple. The Israelites hadn't outright just refused to work, but they just simply put it off for another day. When God's plans are put off, does our plans suffer? How about when God's goals are pursued first? Do our plans fall into place then? Proverbs Solomon also wrote 
The plans of the heart belong to a person, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. All the ways of a person are clean in his own sight, but the Lord examineth the motives. Commit your works to the Lord, and your plans will be established. That's in Proverbs 16, 1-3. The mind of a person's plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. That was 16.9. 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. It takes trust and humility to surrender to God's way of doing things. Especially when His ways are not clear. His plan isn't clear. However, it's in our goals and how we choose them. Our priorities are ultimately going to reveal who we are. One thing I can tell you for sure is God does everything for a purpose. There is a plan. There is a, there is a reason. There's an intent. There's a design. Everything that God does, there's something behind it. Psalms 33.11 The plans of the Lord stand firm forever. The purpose of His heart through all generations. Plans of the Lord standing firm, not changing, and purposes of His heart. Why then is God's plan sometimes unknown to us? You know, we don't get the full view of what the future would hold. And I think it's rightly so that we, that we don't. I know I wouldn't probably want to know everything that was going to happen because I would probably live my life in a different way if I knew that. I mean, if I knew that I would live for another 50 years, would I live a little more reckless, reckless, recklessly? Is that even a word? School teachers are laughing at me. Would I live it a little more carelessly? What if I knew that I'd only live till next week? Would that gloom and doom be hanging over my head that I would be discouraged? And there's reasons why we don't know those things. Yet we still need to live with that anticipation that we don't know. We need to live each day as if it's our last day. <clears throat> God, <clears throat> God reveals just enough information for us that we will know enough about the future and we have enough to know about the future and the guidelines and the laws that He gives us that will help us steer as we navigate life. 
being honest, being fair, treating others as you would want to be treated. Um, you know, those are just some simple guidelines that um, help you in your journey. The God that we cannot see is in heaven. And He has a purpose and He has a plan. Sometimes, or at some time, I believe, it will make sense of all the different pieces of the puzzle that we're questioning and wondering why and how and where. But He's the master planner. And as He is in heaven, as maybe could call it in his construction office of heaven. You know, he's orchestrating, he's dictating, he's placing every piece where he needs it. And he's bringing together this beautiful picture of history, of his masterpiece. And I believe that it's when we get to heaven that a lot of these things will be made clear to us. The difference between you and God, me and God, is that He's sovereign. He knows everything from beginning to end. He makes no mistakes. The big issue arises when our plans differ from God's purposes because God is sovereign. God's plans will prevail. Proverbs 21.30 There is no wisdom, no insight, no plan that can succeed against the Lord. So we can plan. We can make all our but if, if God has another plan, it will not it will not happen. Sometimes God will let our plans happen then to maybe make something else happen. Sometimes God allows us to make mistakes. Maybe He allows us to commit sin. Maybe He allows us to follow our own plan. But eventually, He will impose His master plan. And it will prevail. There's another story of a girl who rebelled against God. And she knew that God wanted her to be a missionary. So she deliberately sought out and married a non-Christian to avoid going into mission field. God let her work that plan out. God allowed her to get married to that non-Christian. But what she didn't count on was God's greatest, God's greater purpose. Her husband, quite independent of her, he accepted Jesus Christ as his personal savior and he became a missionary to South Africa. 
God had His way in a different way. What are we going to do with this? Will we be wiser because we have learned this Proverbs? There are many devices in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the counsel of the Lord, that shall stand. How will we live our lives differently? Close with some verses from James chapter 4. James says it so well. James chapter 4, verse 12. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who art thou that judges another? Go to now, ye that say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain, whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? Is it even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanishes away? For that ye ought to say, If the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. But now ye rejoice in your boastings. All such rejoicing in is evil. Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. The verse that I wanted to focus on is verse 15. If the Lord will, we shall live, and we shall do this or that. Do I need to say it any different or any better? The Lord's will will prevail.